Welcome to Companion Pass. I'm thrilled to have you along on this wild ride as we explore the untamed world of rodeo life and the families and supporters that make it all happen. From thrilling arena action to quiet moments behind the scenes, this podcast is your ticket to the heart of true rodeo life. I'm Lindsay Branquino, and as a rodeo wife and mom myself, I've experienced firsthand the joys and challenges of life in and around rodeo. Together, we'll dive deep with rodeo families, rodeo athletes, and other folks who are living and breathing the Western way of life. We'll explore topics like raising families while husbands are away, navigating the dangers of a professional rodeo career, keeping a relationship alive when you're hundreds of miles apart, and what it takes to pursue your own goals in the midst of it all. Whether you're part of a rodeo family, a fan, or just someone who loves Western culture, Companion Pass will give you all the real, unfiltered insights you've been looking for. Let's dig in. My guest this week is somebody who I, I was just telling her, I feel like I selfishly asked her to come on so that I could just spend like the next hour of my life talking to her because it will be the highlight of my week. I can guarantee you that. I have Caitlin Teal here today. So Caitlin is a business owner. She's a mom of two. She's a designer. She's just everything. And she is also married to Cody Teal, who is a world champion bull rider He's a six-time NFR qualifier. He's writ- He's been riding in the PBR since 2017. We just have so much to talk about because this girl has seen rodeo from all different sides. Caitlin, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. <laughs> I feel like we have so much to talk about because I have an entire list of things that I want to make sure we get to today. But one of the things like I was mentioning that I think is really unique to you, and I haven't spoken to anybody else who um, can offer this perspective, is that Cody, like when you guys got married, he was riding in the PRCA. So he was going to all the rodeos. And then uh, 2017, he made the switch to start riding bulls in the PBR, which is an entirely different beast and one that I obviously don't have any personal experience with. And so I was wanting to talk to you about what what that transition was like for you, what differences there are when you compared the two, because also now he's gone back and this year started rodeoing again in the PRCA and has made the finals again, which is coming up soon. And I think that's super exciting for you guys. But you are able to offer that like an entirely new perspective there. Yes. So right after we got married in right before the NFR in 2016, and then January 2017, he went to the PBR. And it was brand new for both of us. So it's strange going from something you know and you know how it works. And when you pull up to a rodeo, you know what to do. When you go to a PBR, we had no idea, like, where do you stay? Where do you get your credentials? Things like that. Like, we knew nothing. Luckily, the Moonies helped us so much. Like, they took us under their wing They were like, call this person, text this person, I'll get you situated. So that helped a lot. But it was just brand new for both of us. And it was fun and exciting. And it's funny because when you go to the PBR from rodeo, there are guys that are known as rodeo guys. And that's what they call them. They're guys that have rodeoed before. And it's just this, it's just a title that you're given. It's a different mindset, you know, for the guys who have rodeoed before. So Cody was always a rodeo guy. But He's even said when he was little, he wanted to go to the PBR. You know, he wanted to compete at that level. The Bulls are amazing. 
Yeah. The riders are amazing. And it's something he never would have felt fulfilled if he didn't go do it. Yeah. And he always says, I'm so thankful that I did it. I'm so proud of what I've done. I think he will always be a rodeo guy. He'll be, that's what he loves. That's what he started out doing. So I think deep down he is a rodeo guy, but he loved the PBR and loved that experience. I can totally see that just from the outside and my limited experience with the PBR. And now Luke's been working for him and I feel like I've gotten to experience that, which is really cool. Just the way the whole organization is run and the way they put on a show and the way that they celebrate their athletes, I think is really cool. And I think that from the outside, me looking in for years, I viewed the PBR as like it's really elite group of guys. And that's not in comparison to guys rodeoing. They were just separate beasts. But there's definitely like a prestige that comes along with competing in the PBR. Does that ring true for you living inside that world? Absolutely. And they have their own fan base that they follow the PBR and they are diehard. They go to the finals. They go to the finals the whole time. It's just, it's like NASCAR. Like they have their fans. That being said, we touched on it's very elite and it is. Every event is very well produced. Mm -hmm. You go to an event and you feel like this is everything is very well done. The high row, the intro, the light. (laughs) The announcers, it's amazing. That being said, I remember going to the finals in Vegas and I had been to the NFR several times. But then you go to the PBR finals and I think because everything's so well produced, I was like, this just feels like another PBR event to me where the NFR feels like something totally different than you do all year. The PBR finals, I was like, this just feels like another PBR in Las Vegas. I think that just... That's a nod to the PBR and how well they produce everything, that everything is so high caliber and Mm -hmm. high quality and exciting to watch. The bull riding is such a high level that I think they just do it wonderful and 100% all year. Yeah. I I love hearing you say that because that is exactly how I view PBRs. It's it's every single one, the way that they're putting on this show, like you said, for everything from the opening and the pyro, it it feels like a mini NFR every single event. And they do that exciting. But I can see how you're saying that then you go into the finals and nothing really sets it apart because where are they going to go from there? They're already producing like mini NFRs all year long and the same guys. And there is something just – we touch on it time and time again on the podcast. It's so special about going to the NFR. You walk into the Thomas and Mac. It's packed with rodeo fans. There is this excitement and energy that's palpable there that's really hard to put into words if you don't go there. Exactly. Like the NFR is so special and truly Las Vegas turns into cowboy town and everyone's walking around with cowboy hats and everyone knows why you're there. Whereas the PBR it's a little bit more isolated. And mm-hmm. if you're walking around the strip in a cowboy hat, they're like, what are these clowns doing? <laughs> it's not quite as big of a takeover and there's not such yeah. a mass of people. So they are different in that way. But 
Either way, Las Vegas makes it exciting. It's true. So you guys must be really excited to be going back this year. I think that's so cool. Cody made the decision this year to rodeo again and try to make the finals, which he accomplished in excellent fashion. So you guys are going to be headed back there this year. That must be really exciting. Kind of you've been there. You know the ropes. This must be a really exciting time for you guys. Yes, it is. And actually, this is my first year with kids because the last time we went was the year we got married. And so I've never done it with kids, which I hear is a totally different beast. But I've (laughs) heard that the kids love it. And so I'm excited. And I've always told Cody, I want my kids to experience that. So I'm so glad to be doing that. Yeah. I'm excited for you guys. Now, differences too between the PBR and the PRCA. And like I said, you are the expert here. So feel free to jump in at any time and correct me on any information I may have wrong. But one of the biggest differences that I would think there is like the travel schedule. So with the PBR, I would think going into a new year, the events are already planned out. They're all for the most part weekend events. So you're only going to be traveling on the weekend. You're probably flying in, flying out. It's more predictable, more stable in a sense, if if a bull riding career can be <laughs> described <Right>. as stable. <laughs> but you, you're able to plan your lives a little bit better. It's not. Whereas when you're rodeoing in the PRCA, you're entering for a particular time that you're hoping to get up. But you can't plan more than two or three weeks in advance because you don't know when you'll be at a certain rodeo you often have rodeos scheduled on top of each other. So the travel schedule is just, to say the least, much more chaotic. Was it difficult for you guys going from the PBR where you had that more reliable, predictable schedule back into the kind of chaos, for lack of better terms, that Uh, comes along with rodeo? A thousand percent. Cody he was hesitant to go back to rodeo because of that very reason. He liked, I'm gone on the weekends. I come home, I'm home all week. And then I'm gone on the weekends. He liked that. We have kids and we're just a little more grown up now. So he liked that stability. And I think that was one of his biggest hesitations. And I will say, I'm always like, whatever, it's fine. And so I was like, it's cool. We'll figure it out. Don't worry about it. Whatever. I'm not worried about it. And he jumped back into rodeo. And sure enough, I was like, this is pure chaos. <laughs> People ask me, what are you doing next weekend? And I'm like, I do not know. because I don't know where Cody's going to be or if I'm going. So it is a little more hectic. The summertime is absolute insanity. But he loves it. And he's truly having fun. And we've adapted. Yeah, (laughs) you have to. And that's like you mentioned before, this year has been different than you you guys lived rodeo, but then now you have kids. So you went back to that rodeo life where and bringing two kids into the mix. So life is, is so different for you guys where you didn't have the kids before when he was rodeoing. So too, that limits how much I'm sure like your flexibility in being able to travel with him that must have been really hard. And then two, the girls missing Cody when he's gone and Cody missing the girls. That's a whole other factor to layer into this. Absolutely. And they are daddy's girls through and through. And so that was hard. And it's hard on him, especially. I'll be honest. I feel like I was the lead. He was the most dramatic. (laughs) They just have such a tight bond and they do 
things together all day, every day. So for him, it was really tough and he just felt guilty and he would come back and say, I just, they look different. It's only been maybe a week or two weeks, but to him, they look different. And so it was hard on him and I had to be that voice of reason and remind him, you're not always gone. A lot of the time you're home during the week, all day, every day, and you get to be with them 24-7. And that's also very unique. So I had to give him that push that it's okay. Don't feel guilty. This is what you do. And yeah, we also have so many blessings that come from it. So you can't feel too bad. Yeah. It's interesting to hear you say that he was the one feeling the guilt about being gone and really missing them and how then it became your role to talk him off the ledge, so to speak, was to remind him we have all of these things. And I think that's something that doesn't get talked a lot about is that these guys, when they leave, it's not just us missing them or them missing us. It's the guilt of I've left my wife at home alone with two kids. She's having to run everything. I know that you are like me and you collect really cute animals. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes. But you're taking care of all of that while he's gone. And I am and I know just from watching you guys from the outside in your relationship, you guys really seem to be a partnership and there's a lot that he does and takes on. And that's now all on your shoulders. It's not just you being like, all right, I can do this, but him feeling really guilty for asking you to take on so much more. Absolutely. And he has said to me before, because Toward the end of his PBR run, I could tell he missed rodeo. I could tell that's what he would have rather been doing. If he could just put the two on paper, that's what he would want. But he had said, I just can't be gone that much. It kills me to be gone so sporadically for our family. And I know that was his biggest, the biggest thing holding him back and going sooner. Mm -hmm. And so I felt all summer, I just kept reminding myself when I'm taking care of everything and doing everything. I don't want to complain. I don't want to make him feel bad because he really is so helpful when he's home. He, you know, will help with the girls and he'll cook dinner and he'll help me with orders and things like that. So it's my turn. And I was ready to take on that role of doing everything he does, which a lot of it is like you said, my own problem because I got all these animals <laughs> and I did it to myself. So I really try not to complain. <laughs> One of the things I'm curious about as far as PBR versus rodeo difference, what is there a difference in the relationship you have with like other competitors or their wives, like your personal community within the PBR, who you got close to versus who you are in the PRCA? And I ask partly because I think uh, in the PRCA, my experience with Luke rodeoing, even if I would fly out somewhere to see him for a weekend, and you have your girlfriends that whose husbands also rodeo, there's not really a guarantee that you're even going to see them if you're going to a rodeo. Because their husband, even if they're with them, they may be in some different state that weekend. It's all up to chance whether you're up at the same time. Whereas I would think the PBR, because everybody that's involved is going to the same events, it's you know that you're going to see your girlfriends there. Has that been something that you've had to navigate? Yes and no. Um, yes, from the sense of with the PBR, like you said, it's the same people every weekend going to the same events and not just other wives and girlfriends, but people who work for the PBR. Mm-hmm. I can text them and say, hey, what's the host hotel or where are you staying? 
So it's the same people all the way around the board. Whereas a rodeo, you might show up and not know a single soul. Yeah. But it is fun who the other wives are. And so you can make friends so easily. It's like, oh, hey, I know you're here for so-and-so. And you can make friends that way. But yeah, it is challenging not really knowing, you know, if you're going to be up with someone or even see someone, you know, in a week's time. But for me, with the girls, I haven't been traveling that much. So PBR or PRCA, it didn't really make me a difference (laughs) because I've been home mostly this year. So I guess for me, this last year has not been too much of a difference. But in general, that community definitely changes. But it's a bigger community in the rodeo world. It's just you tend to make friends at every event. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. And I think that for me, I found it hard to find like a core group of girls or friends or support because it's such a revolving cast. And like you said, I I think you get to know more people, but relationships may stay a little bit more surface level, if that's fair to say, Mm -hmm. just because you don't have the opportunity to get to know people as in depth as I think you would if you were seeing people consistently or always the same people, which I think must be a great thing about the PBR because you guys are all experiencing this a similar a similar life experience and so you have that to share with them which i think is super important when we live such a kind of crazy <laughs> hard to exactly. understand lifestyle yeah and it is fun you can look at the schedule and that's set in stone and you can text your friends and say hey are you going to go to this one let's all go to this one and you can plan it that way and that does make it really easy and fun to just plan when you want to see your core group of friends yeah rodeo is not like that at all <laughs> But, hey. Yeah. <laughs> you can only do what you can do. What right. What would you say, date number of days, however you can quantify it, how much more was Cody gone this year versus when he was riding in the PBR? It's definitely more. I'm going to say – I'm actually only going to say 30% more. Okay. Because he did the team series last year. And that got to be where it was a a long weekend. Like sometimes he would have to be there on Thursday and he wouldn't be able to fly out till Monday. So, you know, he only got really Tuesday, Wednesday with the girls all day. So the team thing, that's what pushed him back into rodeo is he was like, I'm gone all the time. This isn't really my thing. I think I'd rather just rodeo. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Now – one of the big factors that we keep coming back to is that is Cody wanting to be around for the girls and how much he helps you. And a, a huge component of that is that you own a business. So you, I think in 2018, you started your store, which is Shop Teal. But you owning a business, that's a huge demand on your time. And trying to navigate owning and running a business and with all of these things that you do on top of that that are extensions of your business is a lot, especially when you have a two kids and now have a husband who's gone a lot. What are some of the challenges that you find come along with that? For me, I'm a little bit all or nothing. And so having a business, I have trouble just turning it off and saying, okay, it is now five o'clock. I need to just stop. And Cody's bad about it too, because he lets me. (laughs) 
And I want to just sit down for dinner and not think about the million things I need to do. So that's been one of the biggest challenges personally. And then next to that would be if I want to travel with Cody, business can't stop. People don't understand that and I don't blame them. So trying to get everything done where I don't have to worry about it. Or if you have a child that's sick and you just, you got to just turn everything off and not worry about it for a day. That's very challenging too. So I would say those are my two biggest challenge is just learning to turn it off myself and realizing that life gets in the way sometimes and you have to just pivot a little bit and make it all work. Yeah. I think that you're a lot like me and owning a business You feel like – I feel – I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I always feel like I need to be accessible to my customers 24-7. Like I get Mm -hmm. an email at 11 o'clock and I feel like I should immediately respond to that customer. It's really hard for me to take a step back and I guess set those boundaries for myself and I don't even want to pretend like I've now do it. I try and maybe implement it a little bit, but I still have those feelings of – I need to do this immediately. This requires my attention. And like you said, having any sort of balance becomes almost impossible. It feels like where you set those boundaries as a small business owner, because I think you and I both do a lot of it ourselves. Like I don't, I'm not outsourcing anything. I don't have anybody else answering my DMs, my emails, none of that. Like I'm doing it all myself, which is really hard to let go of. It, Probably my biggest um, flaw is that I refuse to delegate and also that I just cannot stop thinking about things that need to be taken care of or handled. I like try to go to bed at night and that's when my brain just comes alive and I start making lists. So I'm really trying to balance that and do better. Um, But it's been a challenge. It's a huge challenge. I'm constantly facing that. Like I said, I have a really hard time delegating because I think you you want things a certain way. And in what you do with all of your custom pieces, that's not just – you're putting a lot of your own creativity, your thoughts, your ideas into it. You're really designing the pieces too. So mm-hmm. I'm sure that then like when you're sending that out into the world, it feels like an extension of you and you want to get it just right. Or that's how I feel anytime I create or design anything is everything just needs to be perfect. And it's really hard to let go of that or not just be thinking about it all the time. I know the thinking about it really (laughs) is what keeps me (laughs) awake at night. But yes, I just, I've tried to hire people to do certain things and it just, they do great, but it's just, if you're not living in my brain, right? it's not the same. And so I just feel like I need to. And Cody also understands that and he very much is, yeah, you need to be the one doing it. So he is not healthy in this situation. (laughs) He's willing to feed into your obsession and be like, yes, I get it. Do it. Which is probably a double-edged sword. So nice to have somebody that's that supportive and gets what you're going through and isn't, oh, come on, can't you just put that down for a minute? But at the same time, like you need somebody to pull you back down, right? I know. (laughs) I know. We are really toxic when it comes to the working. (laughs) (laughs) One of the biggest challenges I found myself facing in owning a business and all of the, the things that you and I just talked about when Luke was rodeoing was that 
my kids were such a priority to me that anytime they had something going on, absolutely that took precedence over work as I would show up for every single game. And I felt like there was no way, not that I ever wanted to miss any of them, but I always felt like I needed to overcompensate for Luke not being around. So every single school thing they ever wanted to do, everything they wanted to do with friends, I'm like, absolutely immediately, because I didn't want them to feel like both of us were absent or checked out. And that made that balance that you and I we're talking about just seem so far out of reach that it wasn't anything I would ever be able to accomplish because I found myself, and this was one of my biggest struggles, is that even when I physically showed up for them and one of their events or what was going on in their life, I, I had a hard time being present mentally was yes. I'm sitting in the stands watching them and I still felt like I had to be everything to everybody else everywhere else. I'm texting Luke, how did it go at the rodeo? Good luck this. I'm emailing back customers. I'm trying to do all of those things. And my, I, it was exhausting. I just, it was really hard not to run myself ragged because I felt like my brain never got a break. Yes. That's exactly how I feel. I told my friend the other day, I said, I feel like I was doing everything, but I wasn't doing everything good. I wasn't doing any of it good. I was there, but I wasn't there mentally. Or I just was really wearing myself thin, and I'm trying to be better about that. But I'm the exact same way. And I also, I feel like I'm very sensitive and trying to overcompensate that even when Cody is here, I feel like I still need to be there for all the girls' things, even though he would be more than willing to just do it himself. I feel like I'm their constant. I'm always there. I need to continue to be there. They need to know I'm there. And so I do it out of habit and just make things harder on myself. That's another thing I'm working on, but we'll get there. <laughs> I couldn't relate anymore to everything you just said because like you said, Luke would – I was in the same, exact same position. He would come home and instead of that, me taking that time to be like, all right, like maybe you can go and do some of these things I was always doing. So I had a little bit of – not even a break, but could devote my mental and physical energy to one thing, I felt, okay, now he's home and we should show up for them and be this united front because they never get both of mm -hmm. us. And so there just really isn't any break. And I feel like you and I are going back and forth here and feeling the same thing, but <laughs> I don't know about you. I don't have any like helpful tips for anybody out there. I'm just like, no, me no, either. sorry. <laughs> Me either. We need workaholics anonymous or something. Yeah, exactly. Is anybody listening who has some tips for me and Caitlin about how to manage this? Please feel free to, to solve yeah. our problems here. <laughs> Shoot me a DM. <laughs> oh, 100%. Uh, going back to talking about Cody supporting you, though, from me just being an observer of your guys' lives, he seems like such an involved and present husband for you in your business. It's not just like him cheering you on from the sidelines. It seems like he really, when he's home and always has been so supportive and jumps right in and is helps you with everything. Is that fair? Very fair. I will say the two biggest ways he helps me are with the kids, like he gets home and he is doing school pickup. He will cook dinner. He will go to the grocery store, take Evelyn to her MMA lessons. I mean, everything. He is, you go work and I'll do this. You know, me, I'm like, well, let me come with you, <laughs> whatever. And he's, no, you need to work. And then also he will physically help me 
he'll come up to my office and ship orders and he's, what can we do next? What do you need? And he really tries to be involved and he doesn't know how to do everything, but he is very hands-on in helping me and what can I do to help you? And he tries to learn, but he truly is very hands-on and helpful in every aspect. Yeah. I think that's such a cool thing to have is that he clearly sees how much you do to support him and his pursuits, but he believes just as much in your dream and your business and is investing in that with his time and energy, which is so important in striking a balance in your relationship. Absolutely. And it does make me so happy and feel fulfilled when he sees so much in what I'm doing. And he honestly thinks very big picture. And he's like, how can we ramp this up? And what do we need to do to make it more successful? And he really, he tries to pump me up even if I'm having a bad day. And so that that really means a lot because I feel like owning your own business is a roller coaster. And there's a roller coaster of emotions. You have bad days and good days. And he's really good about being like that driving force behind me. And even when he's gone, he's, are you, have you been able to get work done? When I get home, I'll help you. Don't worry about this and this. I'll do it. So he really is my biggest support. I think that's so awesome. Backtracking a little bit, I want you to just talk about Shop Teal, how that got started, what you're doing with it now, what your vision for it is in the future. And then you also have a brick and mortar store, Sparrow Lane, which is cool. And I want to talk about that too. So tell us about your business. Okay. So Shop Teal, I started that in 2018 when I only had Evelyn and it was mainly just clothing, just retail clothing. And then I was making jackets for myself for the PBRs and they were just like little custom cute jackets. And I started getting requests for other people that were wanting those. And so I started doing that and then somehow it just spiraled out of control. And that's what my business is now. And I will say it happened very organically and it wasn't like I went into it thinking this is what I'm doing and I got all this stuff and just started doing it. It just started very small and then grew very rapidly. And so now I've totally done away with the retail clothing and I just do custom items and it truly fulfills me and it's so fun for me and so fun creatively. And I, like I said, I really lay awake at night in a good way, thinking of like upcoming jackets and things that I want to do. And I have to write it down or put a note in my phone. It's just really fulfills me in the best way. Yeah. I will just go ahead and say, you have made me several custom items and they're some of my favorite things. You are so good at what you do. You're so creative. You have such a way of executing, I think, your customers' visions. Because when I look at like your overall body of work, if you go to Shop Teal's Instagram page, you're doing a lot of different things. It's not one note by any means. And so I feel like when I look at that, you definitely have your signature and I can tell it's one of your jackets, but you have such a way of putting your customer's personality and needs into the pieces you're making for them. I think that's a really unique and rare and fantastic quality. And I couldn't be a bigger fan of what you do. Thank you. That really means a lot. I absolutely love what I do. And I I had a girl that worked for me and she was like, I don't understand how you <laughs> do, how you like, 
from this email, you put this together. And I don't know, it just it's just easy. And I think because I love it. I absolutely love making jackets for people. I make a lot of things, but jackets are my absolute favorite. And really putting someone's vision together so it's all cohesive and makes sense with a jacket is such a challenge and so fun. It must be really rewarding, too, when you get it right and you have all these happy customers because you're making pieces for weddings and lots of special events and occasions. So how cool that you get to be a part of that by extension. I know when people tag me in their wedding pictures, I melt onto the floor. It just makes (laughs) me so happy. (laughs) And you talked about it, but the fact that it happened organically and because I've been such a fan and follower of you for so many years, I feel like I got to watch that evolution where I saw it going from everything you were making for yourself. And of course, you saw these fantastic jackets and every girl out there is, I want that. (laughs) Yeah. And then you made it really accessible. You made custom items really accessible to the masses as far as like, where am I going to go and get something like that made is you were that place. But also, I think that there's so much to be said for when you just organically find yourself falling into the path that feels so right. Like You've clearly found your niche like your path, what you're supposed to be doing and how it just happened. Like you, your business evolved from one thing to another. And I think in, for any of us that are running small businesses, evolution is so important, how your business has to change and adapt to meet the market or meet people's needs. And that can be really hard because it can be scary to change your business and adapt it. And so you did that so well and without feeling like, oh, stepping away, trying to hang on to something that maybe wasn't where either your passion was or your success was lying in far just Mm -hmm. sticking to the retail side of things, but being able to walk away from that and be like, this is where I'm really passionate about it. And now it's become so huge. Yes. And I'll be honest, stepping away from retail was really easy for me. I had no problem with it because I just had no passion in that anymore. And I, when I got rid of all my retail clothing, I just, I was like, okay, good riddance. And I feel great about that. (laughs) Oh, I say that I do still have the retail store and we do have clothing there, but it's just that feels, it feels totally separate. It's not part of my like creative process. It seems like you needing a creative outlet is really important to you. It's just part of who you are. And so for you to have found this way to express that is so cool. Yes, absolutely. I totally agree. And I feel like I need that to feel fulfilled. And it's funny because I see that in Evelyn too. When I'm working, she wants to come in my office and she wants like her own little pile of things (laughs) that she wants to do. And I just love it because I see myself in her. And I think it's so funny because she's such a creative little princess. (laughs) And so it's like, I see my little self in you. Yeah. Oh, how neat as a mom to be able to see that. You have made some custom pieces for some pretty big names. And I feel like you're not supposed to do this, but can we name drop a little bit some of these things that I've seen you make? Yeah. it's I can't even believe these words come out of my mouth sometimes. <laughs> so I got to do a custom robe for Mary J. Blige, for Pitbull, Iggy Azalea. Who else? I did, oh, Sam Smith, Post Malone. 
Whiskey Myers. I've gotten to do some of the coolest. I like someone asked me like, who would be your dream? I'm like, I don't know because I just feel like I've already, I don't know. This is already (laughs) happening. (laughs) Is there, I know you just said you don't know, but is there anybody that you're like, that is who I would want to make something for that would fulfill my dreams? Justin Bieber. (laughs) (laughs) That's not what I was expecting you to say. And I I love that answer so much. (laughs) I'm a believer and I love him. That's my dream. <laughs> I just fell a little bit more in love with Caitlin Deal. Okay, but wait, what would you make for Justin? What is Justin getting from you? Whatever he wants. <laughs> I would give him my firstborn child. <laughs> <laughs> Evelyn delivers it to him. You're like, here yeah. you go. I'm, here's what I'm picturing. I'm picturing it, it's just like a giant hoodie and it's a picture of you and him embroidered on the back together. Yes, yeah. I think so too. <laughs> Running off into the sunset. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is amazing. Like I mentioned earlier, you also have shops or you have Sparrow Lane. Which is a little bit different. Like you said, you view it as a totally different beast. And for some reason in my head, I view them as completely separate for you too, even though I know there's some crossovers. So let's talk about that. Yes, I feel like I am such a strange person because <laughs> Shop Teal is so loud and these custom items and rhinestones and sparkles and trucker hats. But then On the flip side, my home style is very antique and French country and a lot of whites and neutrals. And it's funny because in my house, that's what you see. Then you go up to my office and it's like (laughs) pink and neon light. That's just totally different. Like that's my creative brain over there. But the way I like to live is totally opposite. And that's what Sparrow Lane is. We source European antiques and... Then we have some home goods and decor mixed in. And so the store is totally different from Shop Teal, but that just describes my personality. (laughs) You're saying it describes your personality, but in a way, I feel like it describes your personal style. I see you as somebody who's – I wouldn't even say classic, but – I don't know. Maybe I should let you describe your personal style instead of me trying to put words in your mouth. Okay. You describe your personal style because I see it as you always bring a little bit of flair to your outfits, but you're also not somebody who's over the top. I always see you as as somebody who's got pieces that are like classic and then you add something that's unexpected or really fun. But you describe your personal style, so I stopped butchering it. Well, that's what it is. I feel like I'm very basic. I like very simple things. And most of my closet is very simple items. You know, I'm not really one that's going to wear a sequin shirt. I say that and someone's going to be like, what are you talking about? (laughs) They're going to send you screenshots of every time you wore a sequin shirt. Yes, but (laughs) I'm pretty basic, like solid shirt, solid pants, but then I like a little bit of edgy and I like to add something fun. So whether that's a jacket or fun shoes or a hat, I always feel like there's something that's a little bit loud or fun overall basic. Yeah. 
I, you keep saying basic, and I feel like basic has a negative connotation, and I, I definitely no, don't I, see I love you. basic. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's why I was trying to say classic is because there are pieces that are like – they create this great foundation, and then you can change that look. Like you're saying, you take something like a basic white tee or solid color tee, and you can wear it a hundred different ways just based on what you're pairing with it. And that's very much my style too is I find that I invest in the basics or simpler things that you can wear a hundred different ways depending on whatever you want to throw on with them. It's really easy to incorporate little trends when you have things that are just a solid foundation. Totally. A good pair of jeans or pants. I'm so fine with investing in things like that, that I know I'm going to wear a hundred times, whether that be dressing it up or dressing it down. I'd rather spend money on basic items that are like my foundation and then adding the little fun things in here and there. And you can change them as, as style changes and trends come and go. Are there two things that you think every woman should have in their wardrobe? Ooh, okay. Definitely a good white t-shirt. I know that sounds ridiculous, but I was looking in my closet the other day and I have four that I really love, but they're all different. You know what I mean? One's a little oversized, one's very fitted. I feel like that can just, that makes an outfit a good white t-shirt. And then a good favorite pair of jeans. You need a good black pair and a good denim pair, but those items are just good foundations. 100% without a doubt, that is always my answer is those two things. You can do anything with that. There are very few Mm -hmm. places, save for like a black tie, that you cannot wear a great white t-shirt or a good pair of jeans. Yes, and you could wear heels with it and it's a nice outfit or you could wear sneakers and you're going to a football game. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. (laughs) So now that we've ventured into the realm of fashion, it seems really fitting since Cody's headed back to the NFR this year that we start talking about NFR fashion. It is undoubtedly Rodeo's like biggest stage when it comes to fashion. What is like your approach, your mentality about going into the finals this year as far as outfits? Well, that's a great question because I was trying to think about this the other day and I don't know how I've ever put together 10 outfits, (laughs) but here we go. I feel like I'm seeing a lot of like tuxedo tailored looks for fall. And that's across the board, not just in Western. I feel like I'm definitely going to throw some of that in the mix. Um, I feel like the kind of Ralph Lauren vibe is very in right now. Long skirts and things like that are super in style right now. Western is just super in style right now. Um, So I definitely think that's going to be my approach to the NFR, but we'll see. Things might change. (laughs) A hundred percent. Is, are there any, do you have any favorite current trends? I know you just touched on a couple of incorporate, but is there one or two that is, you're really excited about right now? I would say that the tailored tuxedo look, every time I see it, and you can do so many different things with it, whether that's a blazer dress or a blazer and jeans or nice tailored pants, you can take it so many different directions. I would say that is my favorite trend right now. And I think it's very classy and it goes along with my basic, simple 
look, you can get a good blazer or a good pair of pants and you can do so many things with it. So I'm very into that right now. One of the things I personally love about that trend is I think that one, there are so many different ways to wear it, like so many different takes on it that where you can inject your personal style as far as fits and whatever. And going hand in hand with that, it works and looks great on all different types of ladies. Absolutely. I feel like your style is the trending style right now. This is, it's always your time to shine, but this is your time to shine. (laughs) Clearly, I'm very excited about this too. That's a look that I love and embrace, and I'm glad that everyone else is doing it too. Yeah, it's all because of you, I'm thinking. (laughs) I will take zero credit for this. (laughs) Now, I don't, you touched on it there as far as Western. I don't see your style. I wouldn't classify your style as particularly Western leaning. Do you? No, not at all. And I can't, and like me and Cody talk about this. I have never and could never wear a cowboy hat. I want to see it so bad now. I just want you to try. (laughs) Okay. Like I'll send you a picture. (laughs) But like I see people in them and I'm like, they look so beautiful. I love the whole thing. But like I could never wear a cowboy hat on my head. I would just be so embarrassed. Is it because you think you don't look good in them or because it doesn't feel comfortable? It doesn't feel comfortable to me. Yeah. At all. But I just adore it on other people. And I see people's whole outfit head to toe and then they have a cowboy hat on. And I'm like, they just look, that's like perfect. They look perfect. But I could never. (laughs) This is, okay, what you're saying is that's how I feel about flared pants and jeans. I mm-hmm. cannot tell you how many times I will like order a style of jeans for the shop or pants that are flared. And I'm like, this is my pants. This is going to be the time that it's different. And I put them on and I'm like, who do I think I am? I cannot <laughs> do it. I hate the way I look in them. I hate everything about myself in a flared pant. And really? I want, yeah. And I want to wear them so bad because, like you said, I see all kinds of other girls wearing them. And I'm like, I can do that. And then I put that on. I'm like, no, I still look awful in these. Yeah. Like I've even tried to do like the not cowboy hat, like the, the more trendy. And Cody, who do you think you are? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> like he knows that I'm just so not comfortable. <laughs> One day you and I are going to get together and you'll wear a hat and I'll wear some flares. Yes, I think we should have like, an uncomfortable night at the NFR and I have to work. <laughs> it's going to be called uncomfortable night for sure. We should make this a thing like pink night where everybody has to show up and they're just yes. wearing the one fashion item that makes them feel the most uncomfortable. Yes, I think we should start that this year, like the uncomfortable night and I'll be in a cowboy hat. You'll be in flare jeans. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. <clears throat> so I guess we just talked about it. A little bit as far as like the thing that we will never see Caitlyn Teal wear. But Mm -hmm. is there any trend that's out there now, not to put you on the spot and have you create any enemies, but personally that you aren't into, like you're just not going to be dabbling in them aside from hats? Because we know like it's all, fashion's so personal, like we're not all going to love everything. Okay, yes. I am not super into the clothing that has a high spandex content and like neon colors like sometimes it'll be like a spandex crop top and like spandex flares that's not really my vibe however like you said 
I think that's what makes the world go round is everyone being different and liking different things. But me, it doesn't really resonate with me as much as like the cowboy hat. Like I love it on other people, just not myself. The spandex neon trend is not really my thing. But for Vegas, I totally get it. Yeah. What are we going to see you in for back number night? That's become this like huge night in rodeo. And I feel – I don't think people believe me, but when Luke and I first got married, it wasn't – people got dressed up for it, like to look nice. But Mm -hmm. it's now the Oscars. And that to me feels like a huge amount of pressure. I feel like I would be sick that night so that I didn't have to – I'd be like, sorry, I've got this really awful cold. And I can't go. (laughs) I need you to know I have ordered like 10 things and sent them back already because I do not know what I'm going to wear. I also feel like when I went to the NFR with Cody at the beginning is like right when that switch was happening. Like at first people were just wearing like little dresses and it was dressed up, but it wasn't like it is now. And some I was in that transition time where it started to get really crazy, but I have not been in it since it's been like super crazy. And I don't, I don't know what I'm going to wear. And it stresses me out. And I not kidding you yesterday. I was like, can I just not go? I have to worry about it. Yeah. I feel like towards the end of when Luke was going was like you said, was more that and you were getting a mixed bag. Some people were really dressed up. Some people were less so dressed up. There is one year that I didn't go. And part of it was work. I was knew I was going to be leaving for two weeks. And I'm like, I just can't, you're already gone for two weeks. I'm like, I can't also leave two days early. And so I just didn't go. So that was my wife fail moment for sure. And then I will tell you one of the most embarrassing things that happened to me at the finals, aside from the time I hid in the bathroom when Luke was running that one time, which I already spilled the beans on (laughs) earlier in an episode with Lily Hay, is that there was another year, and I can't remember which year. It was one of the last couple of years Luke's made the finals. And I was like, I'm, I'll go to back number night this night. But I had work stuff I had to get ready for. And then I'm like, I had to drive like a bat out of hell to get to Vegas in time when we were living in California. I had been getting stuff ready to go at home. So I was still wearing, I was wearing like muck boots and like a plaid barn jacket, driving to Vegas, <laughs> hoping oh, no. to get there in time. I had like car trouble along the way. It was raining the whole way. I was, it was awful. It ended up taking me like three hours longer to get to Vegas than I expected. I pull into the parking lot at the South Point. I'm like running up to the door, still in muddy boots. <laughs> And this jacket. I have my glasses on for driving. I look like a drowned rat. And I literally run in there like they've already done the steer wrestling and everybody else is in a gown. And I look like I should I look like I should just be sitting in the parking lot. And so that was my last and most glorious moment at the back number ceremony. So I'll just say whatever you're gonna wear this year will be a million times better than that. Just remind yourself of how I showed up one year and you'll feel great about whatever you wear. It's funny because Cody's – I don't get why everyone gets so dressed up. He, he does not because he was in that transition stage too that it wasn't quite as big of a deal as it is now. And so he's – I don't understand. Like why do we have to have a gown? And I'm like, I don't make the rules. I just follow them. But I'm yeah. not going to be looking like a clown. It's so true. And I think it's one of those things and I certainly don't want to give it a bad rap because I think – you have you approach it with the perspective or i guess how i've chosen to see it through as it's become bigger and bigger 
is that it is this one night where you don't have rodeo and you get to show up and everybody gets this moment that all year long has built up to it to really celebrate this accomplishment, even though they've made the finals. Mm -hmm. And so you just get this one night to celebrate the accomplishment of going. And for a lot of the women or wives, it's been just as long a year for them as it has for their husbands in making it there. So why not celebrate it, which I think Mm -hmm. is really great. So I don't want to this like banter back and forth to make it sound like we're – talking bad about it because it is a funny anomaly that's become such a thing, especially when you think about it. And maybe it's changed a little bit, but you're really only there for what, an hour? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It is. And, but it is so fun. And that is exciting. I think we all get stressed out about stuff like that because it's become such a thing, but it does make it so fun and something to look forward to that's different. Like we don't get to do this ever. Yeah. So it's one time a year and it is such a big accomplishment. There's only 15 in each event. And I think people who just watch the NFR from afar, like they look forward to the back number night because it's not the kind of fashion you see the rest of the time. So it is really fun. And it does, I think, stress everyone out a little bit, but in in a good way. (laughs) (laughs) We're all stressed out for a good cause for sure. Yes. Now, okay, so you have, and we've talked about how fashion becomes such a focus, I think, for women and wives during the finals, and it can become stressful. Is there any way that you try to take that stress out of the equation, or do you just succumb to it? Because I know I've done both. I just succumb to it. (laughs) Just a big ball of stress. (laughs) I am not one to give advice on how to not be stressed out because that's my specialty. (laughs) I think, do you feel pressure that comes along with everybody wanting to see what you wear? Not just because you're there and your husband's made the finals, but to you own a store, like you have a voice in fashion. So does that add pressure to you to look sharp every single night? Yes. And the custom thing on top of that, I feel like I'm making stuff for everyone else. I have to have something for myself that's cool and that I haven't done for someone else. And so the pressure of that, and I'll have my brain get so tired from thinking about everyone else's stuff that I'm like, how am I going to think of stuff for myself and be creative for myself when I am just like mentally drained? Yeah. So that pressure gets to me. It's more so the custom and what am I going to come up with for the girls or for myself? So yeah, that that is a little stressful, but I kind of thrive. I very much do too. I feel like there's all those memes going around about people like, give me a deadline and I'll get it done. That is me for sure. I don't Mm -hmm. even know at this point how I would function if I wasn't living in like a pressure cooker. Yep. Same. (laughs) I have to be so stressed out. (laughs) As soon as you (laughs) remove like looming deadlines and expectations from people, I just – I'm like a duck like dead in the water. I just – I don't even know what to do now if I'm not being (laughs) bombarded from all directions. I think that's – Yes. I think that's probably not a good thing. No, it's not. If I have too – if I'm like too caught up and have too much time on my hands, I fully just – I don't do anything and it's not good. Like I – If I'm not stressed out, I'm not doing my best. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So is there – what thing are you looking forward to the most about the finals this year? Just having my kids there. I've never experienced that. And Vegas, 
the NFR, it's so special and so fun. Any family that comes just has so much fun. And it's, it really is a once in a lifetime or, but you can go multiple times, but it is just not everyone gets to experience it and not gets to experience their significant other being there. And I just know like my kids are going to have those memories and get to be with other rodeo kids and for 10 days in Las Vegas. And it's just, I'm very excited to experience that with my kids. And I know Cody is too. We've already promised Evelyn to go to the M&M store more than one time. So (laughs) I know I'll be there. I love that. So if you're in Vegas, you can catch Caitlin either (laughs) at the rodeo or at the M&M store. Yes. (laughs) So we've been doing this thing at the end of every episode where I ask you a question that was given to me by a past guest, something they wanted to know. Oh, about me? Well, you just answer the question. So it wasn't specifically for you. They just left a question for a future guest to answer. Oh, fun. Yes, I love this. And this one really made me laugh. And I think she won't mind if I say that it was from her. So this was from Josie Martin. And this was one of my favorite questions that I got. What is something you do freely while your husband is out of town that you wouldn't do while he's home? For example, how many Amazon packages come in, whether you fart in bed, etc. I feel like up to you. (laughs) Well, Cody, if you're listening, stop listening right now. Yeah, Cody, turn this off. (laughs) <laughs> okay, DoorDash. I DoorDash more than anyone should when Cody's gone for the summer. Everything goes out the window and I DoorDash. And sometimes he gets the notifications and he'll be like, oh, what'd you get for dinner? And I like have figured out a way to turn it off so he won't get the <laughs> notification. I'll just be like, oh, we're having dinner. Oh, what are you having? Oh, pasta. <laughs> but I don't tell him I DoorDashed it. So DoorDash. And then to be honest, like I go – like two days without a shower and I wouldn't do that if Cody was home but like everything just goes out the window when you're just surviving I was gonna say you're in survival mode like shower instantly falls to like I don't there was sometimes I'm like I don't even remember the last time I washed my hair but me and the kids and the animals are alive so we're doing great exactly like you get the animals taken care of you get the kids bathed You get everyone put in bed. And then I'm like, I can't do it. I physically cannot take a shower. I just have to go to bed. (laughs) Oh, those are two really good ones. For me, it was always eating in bed. Eating in bed is like my guilty pleasure. Mm -hmm. I don't know why, but I love it so much. So when – and Luke is – I'm a night owl and Luke's not. So when he'd be gone, like that bedtime was my favorite part of the day because I could get in bed. I could stay up as late as I wanted even though I should absolutely not have been staying up late. Like – Mm-hmm. watching a show or reading and eating in bed. That's what I wanted. And now he's yes. all the time and is like complaining about crumbs. Oh, yeah, I know. Uh, let me just tell you, <laughs> Cody being gone so much, I got like very used to it. And so he's come back and I'm like, what do you mean you don't want to watch Housewives? I watch <laughs> this every night and you're ruining the situation I have going. So you're watching Housewives. <laughs> yeah. I There was 100%. There had to be things that Luke just had to adapt to. I'm like, I'm sorry. This is the way we do things here. If you're going to yes. live here, you're going to need to fall in step. Yes. And Cody would come home for two days. And I do the whole nighttime routine. So we do a book together, both girls. And then I tuck one in. Then I go tuck the other in. And then he comes along and does like a whole playtime in both of their rooms and we're going to play school and then we're going to each read a book. And I'm like, no, you can't do that because then when you leave, I have to do that. So no, we get one story 
and go to bed. (laughs) Oh, that's so good. Now, I like to end every episode, not that I want to end this episode ever, but I like to end every episode by asking the guest if they have a favorite rodeo moment or memory they can share. Ooh. Rodeo or PBR? Rodeo. Oh, maybe one of each. It doesn't matter. It can be anything you want. Okay. Rodeo, I think when Cody won the average – in 2015 at the NFR that was just it was just such a fun year and he was having the time of his life and it was so fun to get to watch that because I know for most Cowboys that's a huge accomplishment to win the average and he takes a lot of pride in that so that's probably my favorite rodeo moment and then in the PBR I'm gonna say at the PBR finals in 2018 he won one of the rounds and we just have this video all being on stage with all the monster girls and Evelyn and she has her little headphones on. And I just watched that video and that's so cool that she has something like that. And so I think that's my favorite PBR moment. Uh, Those are great. Uh, In unprecedented fashion, I want to tell you, and I've never done this before, but I have a favorite Cody related memory. Okay. (laughs) This is really funny. I think I'm going to say it was 2013. This is a guess. Cody won the world in 2012, correct? Yes. Okay. So I'm pretty sure it was that next year. Cody and Luke were both picked up to be sponsored by Heston. Mm -hmm. And I think they were like the first two. And so I believe it was at Omaha. The two of them did a photo shoot together. As like world champs because Luke won the world in 2012 too. So they did – there was this entire Cody and Luke-themed photo shoot (laughs) that went on. Is the two of them like posing on hay bales, posing on tractors. They then sent out like a coffee table book to us and I'm flipping through it. Cody was such a baby face and the entire thing – I'm like, Luke, you look like you did a photo shoot with your son. This looks like a (laughs) father-son photo shoot where you're just like – it's like me and my pops in the tractor. And every time I I think or see Cody, it's literally the only thing that I can see is the two of them. I have to find those pictures or that book because it was an entire book. Did you guys get one? Probably. We probably have it, but Cody probably doesn't want me to see it, so he's buried it. (laughs) No, Fantastic. It was so funny. It just looked like it was so awkward. And some of the poses, I'm like, it looked like when you take like family photos at Sears, like the ones from the 90s or whatever that everybody jokes about. It was like Luke and Cody doing Cody the most awkward human and it's so (laughs) funny because I was so embarrassed to be dating a bull rider because of the stigma that comes with them like oh they're wild and they're cocky and they're this and I'm like how am I gonna tell my family but Cody's the exact opposite like he's so quiet and timid and like awkward (laughs) and so for him to do a photo shoot like that like I can only imagine how awkward he (laughs) is I have to for when this episode comes out. I've got to find a way to find some of those pictures so we can share them because they were pure gold. The fact that I don't have one blown up and like on canvas on our wall (laughs) is a really a shame. I'm going to text Cody's mom and be like, find me this book. (laughs) Please do. Please do. Caitlin, I just clearly had the most fun with you today and I'm so happy that you agreed to join us. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you. Well, that was fun. 
Now, if you're anything like me and just can't get enough of these behind-the-scenes stories from our inspiring guests, then my website is the perfect place to dig even deeper into the world of rodeo. Visit the link in the show notes for even more Companion Pass content. <laughs> 